theyeshiva.net. So, welcome everybody and good morning. The last Shia, yesterday's Shia, was a very fundamental, very fundamental ideas. Those, those who didn't hear it, it's good to listen to it. And if you heard it once, you can hear it also a second time and maybe even a third time or more and try to uh, internalize and think about it and absorb it. That was a follow-up to the previous to the previous two. So the last three, which explored some of the ramifications of Tzimtzum Shaloi Kibshutoi, are uh, pow- very powerful and fundamental with quite many ramifications in terms of Yiddishkeit and life and Avodah Hashem and Ashkafa and so forth. Just to uh, give a uh, clarification in something, which I'm not going to lab- elaborate on, because that's another ten classes. I mentioned a few weeks, I've mentioned a few shiurim ago, that in the sugya of Tzimtzum there were four opinions. I should say there are four. There were over the, over the course of generations four opinions. Generally, four opinions. In different extremes. One opinion, and basically the four opinions deal with two different aspects. As the Mishnah would say, Shtayim, Shehen Arba. Terminology of Chsidis, it's called Oyer versus Moyer. Oyer means light. Moyer means the source of light, the luminary. Like the Moyer, the source of light. In our case, we're talking about the Oyer of the Ein Saif, the light of Hashem, so to speak, obviously metaphorically speaking, and the Ein Saif himself, Hashem himself. Or light denotes that which can be experienced on some level. The concept of light is, it illuminates the room that it's in, the environment it's in. In other words, it brings things to light. It reveals. The, the, the function of light is not to create a new entity, if a room is dark or a room is light, everything in the room remains the same. But a bright room allows you to perceive, to see. When it's dark outside, you're walking on the same streets. But if there's a ditch, one can't notice it. Light allows you to see, to, to perceive the reality. Light itself represents not the source of the light, but that which travels from the source of light, like from the sun, the light of the sun or the light of the moon or light of any star or any source of light, as we know, the speed of light is crazy. It's insane, 186,000 miles per second, I believe. There's nothing that has a similar speed that we're familiar with. And it represents the journey from the source, from the moyer, out of it to bring the light into another domain. So the light of the sun allows our planet to have heat, to have warmth, to have growth, to have light. Without it, we would die. We wouldn't be able to survive. And that's the function of the light that comes from the source. It brings it into another place, into another experience. And then there's the source of light itself. The argument in Simpson was about both situations. The Moyer, the source, so to speak, Hashem himself, what we call Atmos, the essence, and also about the Oyer, which is the experience of the divine, the light of the divine. Or if you want to use different type of language, it would be, uh, the er would be conscious, it would be the way things are experienced consciously. That's what light means. Light means it comes to the fore, it comes out. 
above or that which is which is there, but it's unconscious. The fact that it's unconscious doesn't mean it's not there. As we know, what's, what is unconscious is more powerful than what is conscious, primarily because it's not conscious. It doesn't have to, uh, it doesn't have to uh, limit itself. Things that are conscious are already, already have to go through their own symptom but in order to become conscious, in order for you to be able to feel them. Things that are unconscious could just be and then float around without anybody disturbing them. So the fact that something is unconscious doesn't mean it's less there. It just means it's more there. You just don't know about it. In fact, it may define one much more than anything else, as we know today, in so many illustrations and examples of life. I'm just using oi would remain the conscious experience, if we wish. And then there's above it, which would which is fully there, but it's unconscious. The essence is there, but it's it's not necessarily conscious. Not because it's not there, because it's there in a more powerful way, and it's beyond what the senses of experience, what the detectors of experience can detect. I'm saying this very very briefly, just to give a little bit of a fuller picture. The arguments about symptom operated on both levels, both, huh? It was an argument both in Ayur. And in Moir, in question of the, what Darizal meant, the doctrine of Tzimtzum, that Darizal postulated in Teres Kabbalah Hari, operated on two different levels. There's four opinions, but I guess Shtayim Shein Arba. First, I'll say the way it's in Moir, and then the way it's in Oyer, the way it's in the source, and the way it's in Oyer in Seif. In Moir, the question was if the Tzimtzum was in the Moir or not. In other words, can one say that Tzimtzum actually means that God withdrew from the world? from the worlds, he supervises it, he's still the boss, but he's not present. That was an opinion. It's not a known opinion today anymore, because it's, uh, it's not been discussed, it's, been, it's, not, it's not taken root in the consciousness of, of Knesset Yisrael today, but it's a view of some of uh, great, uh, great Kabbalists, that the Tzimtzum Kipshut, literal, is in the Ein Soif himself, in Atzmus itself. Atkedekach, one of the great Mekobolim, I mentioned Rabbi Amnuel Chayriki, the author of Mishnah Chassidim, and Yerushal Levav says it's disrespectful for king to hang out in in Beis in places of of zevel, of of ashpav, of filth and dirt. In fact, for some of them, this was fundamental to Jewish faith. To say that God was in the Beis Hakisei, mm-hmm. we are not allowed to learn Torah, we are not allowed to have machshavas of kedusha, right? Place of tumah, they felt is actually disrespectful. So I, every Jewish child today, will say Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is everywhere. He's anywhere in the world. Fine. But I'm explaining to you that this is an opinion that Simpson was in the Moyer itself. Or you could say no. No. That's not the case. That's an argument about Moyer. And Moyer also was Simpson? Can you say that? That for sure. In the Oyer, for sure, there was a Tzimtzum. The question now in Oyer is also, was it Kipshuta in Oyer or Shaloi Kipshuta? In other words, in the Oyer of Ein Saif. The Oyer is not the Ein Saif himself. It's the expression, the light, the experience of infinity. The Oyer of Ein Saif, there was a Tzimtzum there, obviously. How could there be an expression of Ein Saif in the presence of the world, as we've been explaining? This mime is focusing on the issue of oil, the debate of oil, not other another issue. Everything we've been talking about, if you'll notice, is about the oil, is about experience of Ein Saif. 
I'm, I'm pointing that out. That whole discussion of Tzimtzum Shalekim Shutei, we're dealing with. Or there's a whole other question about Tzimtzum and the Atzimus itself. So one opinion is, the most extreme opinion is, that there was for sure tzimtzum in the air, and that tzimtzum is kipshutai. Kipshutai means that the Ein Saif is not present in the limited world, the air Ein Saif. In Atmos himself, there was also tzimtzum. There was also tzimtzum. That's one view. Another view is, in the At second view, I can't ask him. The roof said, you know, in one of the speeches of Ramuna, I think, that the um, Gemur goes to the sheets in the Lucy King to, to, to take his, his advice. That means the Arish goes. Zoya Parshas Zoya Parshas This is a even when they're the land of their enemies, I'm not repulsed by them to eliminate them. So the Zoya says, L'chaloisum could be pronounced L'chalosum. Marshal to a chosin that his wife is Kala, is in a shuka de Bursiki, in a marketplace of Bursiki. Bursiki is where they did, where they had tanning, and the smells, the odors there were noxious, were horrible, worse smell than any other on other environment, that's just the nature of the work. But his kala was there, and he was a beautiful chosen. His reyach, his aroma was extraordinary. He was elegant, he was refined, but because he knows that his bride is there, so he goes into that place, so he says, Avgam zois b'yoysem b'yotseveim le'ma'astim v'loyga'altim le'chaloysem. So the Zoya says, le'chaloysem. Because the kala is there. Yeah. Okay, listen, on a literal level, it's an endorsement. Yeah, the Gemara also says that Bechal Makim Shagali Yisrael, Shechina Imoham. And Imayanaychi Betzara. What does Shechina mean? <laughs> Shechina comes from the word Veshachanti. Shechina is the Kav. Shechina is the Oir. Is it after Tzimtzum? It's perhaps post Tzimtzum. All the Psukim, everyone explains it according to a general shit. It also says, Some say Kvaidai means not him, his Hashgacha. His supervision. I could be in the palace and look out the window and see what's happening everywhere, and I could control it too. But I'm not there. Now, obviously, you have to understand what that means because we're not dealing with physical, physical realities. There's a letter from the Lubavitcher Rebbe to somebody in the 1930s. I want to see if I could pull it up. He discusses there, I told you, Rav Dessler held... Rav Desla held that there was Rav, Rav, Rav Desla was from the big Chachmei Amusa Gateset, and then I saw Michtav Meliyo. So he tried to make he tried to say that there's no machloikus about symptoms. Everybody really says the same thing, and a lot of his Talmidim quote him today. Also, Rav Desla passed away in the early 1950s. <laughs> Rav Moshe Shapiro Zechernel of Racha was uh, was from the big Bali Machshava in the literature world in Israel. And I met him a few months before he passed away. He was here for treatments. And I asked him. So he started to laugh. He said, The set of Igris of the Lubavitcher Rebbe letters, there's like uh, 35 volumes today, or I don't know how many volumes, 35, 36 volumes. They're still not finished. So the first volume has a letter from 1939. Yudalit Shvat, Tafrish Paris, written from Paris. To a Jew named Rabbi Rachmiel Binyaminson, 
who was a Rav, a Dayan, he was a famous Dayan in London. And um, so the Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was then, his father-in-law was alive, so he was known as the son-in-law of his father-in-law of the Rayats, writes him a letter and he says, you write to me about Simpson, that one of your friends, one of the people you know, says that all the shittas really follow the same pattern. So he says, I was quite astonished even for, of the thought. Especially that you tell, tell me that this person, I don't know if he told him the name or not, is somebody who learns Kabbalah. It's obvious that's not the case. Already in the first generation after that result, he is the one who revealed the secret of the tzimtzum. Already in the first generation between great sages, there were great debates on tzimtzum from one extreme to another extreme, as one could see in all of their books, and the debate continues in subsequent generations. And the argument, such a summation, is very rare to get. In two, it's like just a clarification of the whole picture. The debate is two major issues. If tzimtzum is literal or not, meaning siluk oihelem, is it only concealment or is it departure? Did God remove or did he just conceal? Kipshute would mean removed. Shalai kipshute means you could think it's removed, but it's really not removed. Number two, if this tzimtzum, which in itself could be understood in two ways, is in the oir or also in the moir. Four views are possible. Aleph, tzimtzum kipshutei v'gamba atzmusai. That's the most extreme in one direction. The tzimtzum is literal, meaning there was a removal of the uh, of the ein saif, and not only in the oir, but also in the atzmus. That's the most extreme in one direction. Virayas asayrim came their proof. How could you say that the king is in the place of of filth and dirt, chas v'shol. Beis, second opinion, tzimtzum kipshutoi avorak ba'or. The tzimtzum is literal, but only in the oir. In the oir you say that the tzimtzum is kipshutoi. What about the moir? What about the moir? Over there you'll say there was no tzimtzum bechlal. The Ariza was never talking about the moir. Okay, so the first opinion is he was talking about everything. He was talking about oil, he was talking about moir, and in every way there's a tzimtzum, and it's kipshutai. And a little ray of light created the worlds. And of course, God is in charge, no question. He gave Torah, he gave mitzvahs, nobody's arguing about that. You're telling here about Jewish sages, about great Makabalah. The second opinion is, in Atzimus there was no tzimtzum, he's talking about oil, but it's literal. Oil ain't soif, is not present, it can't be. A view number three... Tzimtzum is shaloi kipshutai, but also in the moir. Even in the moir, but it's shaloi kipshutai. Okay? That's a third opinion. So the tzimtzum is in the oir and in the moir, but it's not literal. It's just perceived that way. There's a concealment. That's the third opinion. So opinion number one is, there's a tzimtzum in everything, and it's kipshutai. That's number one. 
Oir and Moir. As we said, the, the, the Machlaikas deals with two things. If it's Kipshutoy or not Kipshutoy. If it's an Oir, also in Moir. The first opinion takes the extreme of both sides. It's also in the Moir and in the Oir, and it's Kipshutoy. So in both questions, right, it goes to an extreme level. That's why it says, Ben It's a Kipshutoy, and it's in the Moir. That's A. Opinion number two is, no. In Oir, they take the more extreme view, meaning, extreme I mean extreme, more tzimtzum, not, that's what I mean extreme. I don't mean chumra and kula in terms of halach. Extreme more that the tzimtzum is more more stringent, it's more serious. <laughs> you have to take it more serious. So the second view says, atzmus not, that's not what we're addressing, but in Oir there was a tzimtzum kipshutai, real tzimtzum. That would mean, if you want to say, unconsciously God is here. But in terms of oir, the Ein Saif is not present. Not a, it can't be manifested. It can't be light. The light of Ein Saif is not present. The third opinion is that Tzimtzum is not Kipshutai. So on one of the two questions, it's much lighter, because but it's also in the Moyer. So basically, it's more lenient than the second, but also more stringent than the second. Because the second says, in Atzimus there was no Tzimtzum, but in Ur there was a Tzimtzum Kipshutai. And the third says, there was a Tzimtzum Shaloi Kipshutai in Ur. And in Moyer. So in one level, it's much more lenient because it wasn't Kipshutai, but the Tzimtzum was also an Atzimus, but not Kipshutai. The fourth opinion is, Tzimtzum is not Kipshutai, and only in Oyer. Meaning in Atzimus, there was Bechlal no So in both questions, it takes the most lenient. In Atzimus, there was Bechlal no Tzimtzum. Not hell, not Kipshutai, not Shalai Kipshutai. The whole Tzimtzum doesn't apply to Atzimus. The user was only talking about Oyer, which was also which was also the... Which was also um, the second opinion, also like that. But the second opinion says that Oyer is Kipshutai. And the fourth opinion says there was Bechal and Atzmas, there was no Tzimtzum. And even in Oyer, it was Shaloi Kipshutai. Darizal didn't mean it literal. Darizal didn't mean it literal. So to summarize, opinion number one is in the question of Oyer and Moyer, right? It was both Oyer and Moyer. In the question of Kipshutai, Shaloi Kipshutai, it was Kipshutai on both levels. That's one. You have the opposite extreme, the opposite extreme. In the question of Oyer and Moyer, it was only Oyer and not Moyer. And in the question of Kipshutai, Shaloi Kipshutai, it was Shaloi Kipshutai. And even that, only in Oyer. So that's the two, the two extremes. Then you have in the middle, two shittas in the middle. Shitta number two is, in Atzmos there was Taka, no Tzimtzum. So in that, it's like number four, right? The more lenient one. But on the other hand, in the question of Kipshutai, Shaloi Kipshutai, it takes the first opinion and says the Tzimtzum was Kipshutai. And you have a third opinion, which again takes a Chumra and a Kula. On one level, it takes the Kula because it says everything is Shaloi Kipshutai. So it takes the Kula of the fourth one, which says it's Shaloi Kipshutai. On the other hand, it takes the Chumra of the first one because it says it's also in the Moir, it's also in Atzimus, but it's Shaloi Kipshutai. Those are the four opinions. The Lubavitcher Rebbe continues, and he says, "Hamesnagdim b'mei admor azokin achazu b'shita alaf hanal kiyadua." Some opponents to the world of Chassidus in the times of the Balatanya maintained the first shita as is known. V'hoyemafarshim, what he says, known doesn't mean hearsay. Known in the Svarim. V'hoyemafarshim leisasar ponemineh hainumash gachosa. When it says in Zoyar, no place is devoid of him. How could you argue? They didn't argue with the Zoya. It means from his providence, from his ashgocha. Mine doesn't mean from him his essence. It means from his, he's still the balabas, he's still the boss. Va'amru and they said, 
Asha shita da atz muslim to bechal mokem he say seres ledinim the mevoyes hamatanafas vechuli vechuli. They felt that the meshita that atzmos is everywhere contradicts all the halachas about dirty alleyways, all the halachas and ilchas krishma and ilchas tefillah about mevoyes. Mevoyes means alleyways, places that are matunaf, that are full of tinaf of dirt. All those halachas would be undermined by the first idea, by the idea of the fourth shita, or uh, or the idea of the second shita, even that atzmos is everywhere. And similar halachas. This is expressed in the kruzim. The kruzim are the announcements, declarations, and notifications that they sent out during the time of the Balshemtiv and the Balatanya, which many of them have been uh, replicated in print for, by historians. All of the arguments that they had, and you see in those arguments that they have tremendous, tremendous. Uh, uh, difficulty accepting the idea that God is everywhere. They feel that it undermines a lot of Yiddishkeit. And that's why the Balatanya responds to these two view, to these views in Tanya in Shara Yichud chapter seven, in Geres Hakodesh chapter twenty-five, where he addresses it. I think he says that in Beis Rebbe, which is a biography book, there's a letter from the Balatanya about this, which the Rebbe thinks, but that's the case, a very long letter, where he explains the various, what he was told, and shared with him the opposition to his view. The Balatanya. The Lubavitcher Rebbe writes in this letter. Except it was written by a Yid, his name was Hillman. Rabbi Hillman, he wrote the first, he wrote a biography an authoritative biography about the Alter Rebbe called Beis Rebbe. Shitas Baal HaMechabe Sefer Nefesh HaChayim Shemaskir Kvay Teirase B'Mechtovay Hu Keshite Gimel Hanal The view of the author of Nefesh HaChayim, Reb Chaim Valoshana, which you mentioned in your letter, is like the third view. The third view is, remember, that Tzimtzum is Shaloi Kibshutai. It's not literal. But it's also in the Moyer. That's the shit of the Nefesh Achayim. The Nefesh Achayim dedicates a section of his book on the Sugi of Tzimtzum, and that's his, his opinion. And in this, he argued with his own teacher, the Vilna Gaon. It seems that Reb Chaim has seen the works of Chassidus Chabad, especially Tanya, and has been influenced by them. Although I cannot prove it with complete uh, proofs. I cannot authenticate this as an absolute proof. He says, the shit of the Balatanya, based on the Balshemtiv, is the fourth shit. What's the fourth shit? That the Tzimtzum Bechlal is never Kibshuta. Whenever you talk about Tzimtzum, it's not literal. And even the Tzimtzum that's not literal is only in the Oyr and never in the Mor. In the Mor, there was Bechlal no Tzimtzum. Again, it's similar to the second shit in terms that there was no Tzimtzum in. In the Meir, but it argues with the second shita because in the second shita, the tzimtzum in Oiris kipshute, and in the fourth shita, it takes the leniencies of both. 
Bechlal in Moir, there was no tzimtzum whatsoever. So there's nothing to talk about. The reason wasn't addressing Moir. Over there, there was no tzimtzum. As in Chabad, they explain in Atzimus, you can't even have tzimtzum. The concept of tzimtzum can't apply there, according to this view. And even in the Oir, where there was a tzimtzum, that well, nobody argues that Rizal says the Oir in Sof was Matzimtzum himself, and all of the all of the Mekabalim and the Chsidim, uh, both camps, the Litvish and the Chsidim, everybody accepted the Arizal, but it's only in the Oir. And even in the Oir, it's Shaloi Kipshutai. And he adds, and even in the Oir, it's the lowest level of Oir before Tzimtzum, because in Oir itself is, is not so what, what Oir is. What Oir is itself, there's many Madregas. He says, it'll be a menu, and in our days that we were Zoycha to the light, that the Mesechta of Tzimtzum has been explained by Arichas, in Sifri Eteris, Chesidus Chabad, those in print and those that are written, still 1939. So whoever wants to understand Simpson, at least on some level, if they want to really understand it, There's only one way by getting into this in these Svarim. And if you want to prove to what I'm saying is just compare what is discussed about Simpson and other Svarim because many of them did not want to get into the details for various reasons. This was not something comfortable to talk about, versus Sifri Chabad. I don't know if you have these Svarim, but I'm going to point out to you a few of the major Drushim, and he does, he gives a list of it. He gives a list. Number two. He doesn't emphasize. Number one is the Vilnagon. Already before the Vilnagon, but also the Vilnagon. The Vilnagon has a Pirish on Zoyar called, there's a section of Zoyar called Sifri Ditsniyasa. The Zivagon has a pirush on it, very, very deep, very complex. At the end of that, there are called Likutim, and over there the Vilna God maintains the first view. And as he says, in Vilna, many of the of the announcements about Chsidim and Chsidim of emphasized emphasized uh, emphasized that view. Not only that, if I'm not mistaken. The Rebbe added in this letter something else, although I don't see it here, I don't know why. If I'm not mistaken, when I saw the letter many years ago, he added that uh, they burnt. In Vilna they burnt Tzavas or Rivash, a safer from the Baal because of this. Baal said something like this, and there was a they burnt a book because of this. Of this shitta. That that Atzmus the shit of the Baal and not in the Mayr. And the Moir was Bechal Yeah, I thought he added that in the set, in the letter, unless I'm mistaken. But uh, I see it's not in this version, at least that I have. Or I have to look in the original because I saw a copy of the Ksavyad many years ago. That's what I thought, but maybe not. But it says they, they there was no, that's how deep it was. They felt it was heresy. It was Apicursus. If it's only in Bible, what's the difference between Oh. So that's what I wanted to bring out. That this Maimer that we're learning now is talking only about Oyer. He's not dealing with the other issue. The other issue has other ramifications. The question in Oyer is the questions we've been dealing with in the previous Shiyunim. And that question is, if you say Tzimtzum Kipshuta in Oyer, it would mean, it would mean on, pra- on a practical level, what would it mean on a practical level? Now you really have to understand what Lamaynav Kamina these four Shittas. <laughs> In other words... Also from our perception. What's the difference? Everybody holds that God exists. Everybody holds that in the morning you have to wake up and learn and Torah and Davin, etc. That's not a question. Again, you're dealing with G'dayli Yisrael. You're not dealing here with uh, 
with tzduk, with tzdukim, with baitusim, with kroyim, with reformers. You're not that what you were dealing here with. We're dealing here with authentic balitresen, as he puts it. Balitresen means, uh, as we would say, the big league, the giants. Yeah, we have in Tisha B'Av Kinnas, Arzeh Halavonen, Adiri Hatayra Balitresen, B'Mishno B'Gemara, big people. But the truth is, like in every in every sugya in in, in Pnimis Hatayra, there are many ramifications. You know that every shita trickles down. What does it look like? Sometimes the, the differences are very subtle, but they're very very deep. What we have been addressing is the ramifications of the question of Eir, if it's Kipshuta, it's like Kipshuta. If it's Kipshuta, it means ultimately the finite world is not a place where you're going to find truth. And therefore you have to ultimately uh, disconnect as much as possible. When I asked Moshe Shapiro, who came again from the completely the literature world, he was by Rav Desla. He told me that. And... Uh, he was he used to give Shiurim and Sifri Hagra a lot. Maharal, the Gra, Reb Tzaddik. Uh, but his Kabbalah he always developed was Shittas Hagra, although he uh, was quite influenced by uh, Lakuta Torah and Torah, as he told me himself, how much he learns it. So I asked him, I asked him from his perspective, what's the difference between uh, the two views? And. Uh, he maintained this this point, which is a critical point. If the view of oh no, of, of we didn't get into that, but just the question generally of kipshuta shalaykipshuta, which really applies more to oir in this context. It's basically if ultimate Yiddishkeit is about bittel or tikkun, in one word. If it's ultimately about escaping the world or elevating the world. And it will trickle down in, in thousands of examples, but that's the real key. If the world is ultimately a place to run from, or it's the place where everything happens, everything good happens. Is the ultimate calling bitl? Bitl, I mean disassociation, precious, asceticism, or tikkun. If the goof, if the body is ultimately something that could be saintly, divine, or no, it will always remain, you know, second tier, and at best you have to indulge it. The question is, ultimately, if you say Tzimtzum Kipshutai, that means the finite world is a place where the Ein Saif can't dwell. You can't have it both ways. If you say Tzimtzum Shaloi Kipshutai, it means the finite is only a marshal for infinity. So that changes the whole perception. One second, what? Why can't you have Bittu and Isra at the same time? The greatest Likan is That's why I translated Bittu not as Bittu regular. Bittu I meant as precious, as disassociation, to be Mavatal, to, to obliterate the world. Versus Tikkun. If the goof ultimately, the goof, and everything the goof represents, I don't only mean the goof, the physical, is, 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 is tolerable, or no, that's where you can have everything. If you're just Megala, the Ein Saif, then this, the limit itself is really a vehicle for the Ein Saif. It's not a contradiction. They have to make it so complicated. Like it seems like we do Yom Kippur, so that's true. We do Purim, so that's true. It's all true, like Rev. Dessler says. Both of them are true.
Why do you have a problem that there's an argument? There are debates. That itself is a tzimtzum, but it's shalai kibshutai. There's nothing wrong with the fact that there's debates. That's interesting. People don't have to be allergic to the fact that there's different opinions. We get allergic to it. We don't but have to be allergic to it. We're in a safe world, so it's, it's quite a, it's quite That's a true. reaction. <laughs> that, that was the issue. They had an allergic reaction to a different opinion. We don't have to have that allergic reaction. How, how did Nebuchadnezzar How was he allowed to go against... Uh, how, I mean, he, was, he, he refused to sign. Was the, the, the right? He also didn't sign the cheder. Listen, you, you, you ask me, how can he go against his rebbe? You have to go against your rebbe if you feel that there's a different truth. You're not allowed to be mocked, you can save, but not. Yeah. A real Talmud follows his rebbe because he's looking for emes. It's not personal worship of my party or my opinion or my kehillah or my nusach. He's looking for truth. But it was 40 years, we said. But how could he understand it? That's my question. In other words... You... Well, Reb Chaim Valajna was a gone oilam, and a gone in Kabbalah as well. You could see from Nefesh Chaim. And I guess he felt that there was a, 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 there was a, there was a truth, and he disagreed with his Rebbe on it. And, mm-hmm. and the contrary, this is respect for him. It brings out respect for a teacher. He was more of a colleague than that. I think a colleague that point. Yeah, and also a real teacher trains students who can disagree with them. <laughs> That's a real teacher. On the contrary, I think it's a compliment for the Vilna Gaon. Now, how did the girl react? You, if, you, 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 if, if, if a mother bird trains its chicks to never leave the nest and never fly away, then you're not doing your job. promote the point, how did the girl react? Was the girl alive at that point? No, no. The Nev was printed later. The Gaon passed away, Sukkot Tovkuf Nun Ches. 1797, Sukkot, Chalamayit Sukkot. Reb Chaim was his Talmud Muvak. Reb only built the yeshiva afterwards. So they never debated it beforehand? Privately, I don't know. Privately, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to say one thing, and that is, there's a lot of intellectual dishonesty in this conversation in the Jewish world today. Because it's very hard for people today to digest truth about a lot of things that they're very uncomfortable with. So this terrible political correctness. You're not going to hear this cheer anywhere in the world. Everybody's politically correct in this thank issue. Because, huh? Well, thank you for the comparison. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment. No, no, he meant it as a compliment. That's what I meant. And maybe I can have that money too. It would also be good. But uh, there's a, people... There's nothing wrong with identifying different debates and machlaikasim. You see? It's like, we have a very, I'm telling you, people have a hard time with intellectual honesty, like to accept that there's certain realities, certain views, certain perspectives, and they could be explored. They could be explored respectfully, uh, gently, appreciating the fact that uh, the fact that, uh, as the Gemara puts it, Elu ve'elu divre'elakim chaim, it's a very important idea. Elu ve'elakim chaim means, as he's put it, with Balitris, this is even before the Vilna Gaon lived in the 1700s. Darizal passed away in 1572. 
That's 200 years earlier. The Vilna Gaon passed away 1796, 1797. Arizal passed away 1572, Shin Lamed Beis, Hayav. That's 200 years in between. That's many, many generations. It's not so many generations, but it's a few generations. In the generation after the Arizal, meaning in the 1600s, early 1600s, there was already a debate about this, interpreting the Arizal. Huh? It comes down in many different ways. In Shulchan Aruch, Halacha Lamaisa, everybody agrees that in a Beisakise, you're not supposed to, uh, you don't daven, you don't say Krishna. That's not, it's a question, that's a, that's a Shulchan Aruch. The way they understood the the, 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 the shit that Atzmus is everywhere, they said it undermines it, and that's why it's not Yiddishka. Isn't the very fact that we can have differences of opinion prove that there's Simpson? Indeed. All machlaikas come, all debates come from Simpson. But that's part of the reality. But Simpson is Shalai Kipshutta. <laughs> that itself. I'm saying it's Shalai Kipshutta, you can handle the disagreement. Oh. Simpson is Kipshutta. Yeah. It's known that uh, in the first generations of Chassidus, there was a very big machlaikas between what's known today as Chassidim and Mesnagdim. Today you don't have it, Baruch Hashem. But then you had it, it was a very serious debate and a very serious ideological machlaikas, and it translated into very drastic actions, which today was is bottled from the Jewish world primarily. But <laughs> in later genera- in later years, um, it was at already a different level. The Balatanya in the beginning suffered terribly from the from his opponents. You know, he was imprisoned, etc. In his later years, he was vindicated. But then there was a machloikas on him from some of his old chaverim who disagreed with his shita in chassidus. I spoke about it, Chavdala Tevis. Rebbe Avram of Kalisk was one of the great tzaddikim. Rebbe of Mezhebush, the Rebbe Rebbe This was already not from the world outside of chassidus. This was from within chassidus. The debates and arguments that they had that were they were very, very critical of him. And other debates over the generations. It was of a, a base Rebbe that I quoted before. It's a biography of the Balatanya. It was written in it was written in the in the early 1900s uh, by a man named Rabbi Hillman, Rabbi Chaim Meir Hillman. He was a kapus to Chassid, and he had many conversations with grandchildren of the Balatanya from the Tzemach Tzedek's family. So he had a lot of inside information that he transcribed. It's a very interesting book, base Rebbe. So he says there in the introduction a story that uh, a line that there was somebody who came to one of the big rabbis, I don't remember who it was, Reb Melech of Lezhenz, the Noyem Ali Melech, or one of the other great Hasidic masters from the students of the Magen. And, uh, and he said as follows. He told them that when the Baal Shem Tov came to the world, the Sultan went crazy because he was undoing the Tzimtzum. The Tzimtzum is based on the fact that the Ein Saif, yeah, the Ein Saif, so to speak, removed itself and created an empty space. And in this empty space, there could be a world and there could be Klippa and there could be Yeshus and all the, and all the good things we're used to. And the Baal Shem Tov came and he was undoing this whole symptom, and they went crazy. So he says, what happened? This is what he said. He says, every tzaddik started to pull in a different direction. And as he pulled in a different direction, the oil again. <laughs> this one pulled the light this way, this one pulled the light this way, and an empty space was created again. 
He said, that's what Machleika says. He started to pull the oil in different directions. He's pulling the light. I'm pulling the light here. You're pulling the light here, right? Different directions. So what happens? So the light gets pulled both opposite directions. There's an empty space in the middle. So he says the symptom would be recreated. Not from the Alter Rebbe. I think from the Rebbe Rebbe Melech or one of the other tzaddikim. Not from the Alter Rebbe. He quotes in the introduction about the different arguments and debates. This related to when Mashiach comes, Machlekes, whether you're going to be in a goof or not a goof? Of course. That's one of the big, the big nafkamenes. There was a big argument in the Rambam and the Ramban. What happens by, what does, what, what does the ultimate destiny of life look like? Right? There were the shit of G'dayli Yisrael who said that not, not in this world. Mashiach will come. The Besamekdash will live, will be built, life will be great, but then everybody will die. And the ultimate schar is only in Olam Haba, Neshamas without Gufim. And the logic is very simple. The body can only limit the schar. Why do that? You know, the body has all these agendas that will only limit your sensitivity. The Rambam gives an example. It would be like trying, he says, trying to explain to a body Olam Haba, it's like explaining to a person who was born blind colors. It's a fascinating example. Explain to a person who was born blind the difference of red and blue. It's hard for us to imagine what that means. It's not that you can't explain it because it's you don't have the ice. It's the whole the world of colors doesn't exist in his reality. So it's not like Olam Haba, there'll be better sushi. Right? Or you won't have to pay for mortgage or tuition. And your, your, your therapist will give you a, a certificate that you're emotionally healthy. So whatever you have now, you could accelerate then. The Rambam says it's explaining colors to a blind person. In other words, the goof is not capable of comprehending that type of pleasure. And if it would, it wouldn't be a body. So therefore he held that the ultimate schar is in Olam Haba, not in this world. Ultimately everybody dies. That's the ultimate destiny. And it's good because you get the reward here. But then ultimately, life, eternal life is in the higher world, not in this world. That's the Shittas Rambam In Hilchus Tshuva, in, in Mesechus Sanhedrin, in Shemayin Prakim. That's the Shittas. His Akdama Teperik Chelek. Tchis is a phase. It's a phase. There's resurrection. And then you live a very long, beautiful life without Saras, Baruch Hashem, and then you die and you receive the ultimate schar. He says so clearly. If you read in Hilchus Tshuva, in Hilchus Tshuva, by Riches and in Perik Chelek, even more. Why? Poshet, the ultimate reward is spiritual, not physical. The Ramban has a sefer called Shara Gmul. He disagrees with the Ramban. The Ramban says that's not the case. The ultimate schar is Tchiyas HaMesim in this world. What's the Machlekes? The Rambam tainted that the goof is only going to be a contradiction to the schar. Why limit it? The ultimate schar is Elam Haba. The Gemara says about Elam Haba that ain't sham lo yachila, but the Masechus Brachas daf yitzayin lo yachila, lo yshia, lo yshina, tzadikim yoshim atreseim b'roshayim v'nenin miziv hashchina. That's what the Rambam holds, and the Ramban has to explain that that Gemara is talking about a phase. <laughs> That's Olam Haba today. When a person passes away, they have Olam Haba. And that Olam Haba exists also in the future. But after Tchiyas HaMesim, eternal reward is here in this world. It's a fascinating argument. The shit of the Baal Shem Tiv and his followers was like shit of Saramban. 
that Tzemach Tzedek writes somewhere, that my grandfather in almost every place sides with the Ramban on this issue. But it has to do very much with this question. Is Olam Hazar the ultimate place where ultimately everything will come out? Or no, it's a temporary phase. Right? If you hold Tzimtzum Shaloik, if you want to connect, the Rambam and the Ramban didn't argue about Tzimtzum, but it's connected. If you hold Tzimtzum Shaloik, it's all part of that reality, and not all part of that Hashkafa. If you hold Tzimtzum Kipshuta, I'm sorry, if you hold Tzimtzum Shaloik Kipshuta, then ultimately, within the world, within the self, within the individuality, within the finite koiches, and within the finite journey, if one works hard, as we will continue the Maimur, what that work is, one could see the marshal for the nimshal. In other words, the Hester is not a real Hester. Since for the teacher it's not a real Hester, for the student it's also not a real Hester. And that's what Simshim Tzolei means, that it's not literal, it's only perceived that way. Perceived doesn't mean it's a delusion. Perceived just means it's a concealment from your stand, from your perspective, which is real, but it can be dealt with. In other words, the pnimius of the Hester is really Gilui. The pnimius of the marshal is the nimshal. So therefore, even in Ayr, there was no symptom. That's the Chiddush. Back to your question. That's the Nekudah here. What's Ayr? Ayr is experience of Ein Saif. Even if you hold there was no symptom in Atmos, like the second Shitta, but in Ayr for sure there was a symptom. You can't experience the Ein Saif in this world. If you experience the Ein Saif in this world, finita, kaput, there's no world anymore. The whole Yisoyed of this world is that you can't experience the Ayr. Even if you want to say Atmos is here, shine. But the Ayr for sure is Saif, not Ein Saif. Because it went through the tzimtzum, and that's true. Nonetheless, the fourth shit is that even the tzimtzum in Oyd is not kipshutai. Why? Because even the tzimtzum in Oyd is only a tzimtzum from our perspective, based on the teacher who had to compress the Oyd in limited vessels so that we should be able to absorb it. But in those vessels, you have the full infinity. And therefore you could travel back up through Oyd and reveal how the mushal is only a mushal for a nimshal, and ultimately go back to the original core and be able to experience, to experience. The student, after 40 years, experiences in his kalim the full light of the rav. That's the chiddush, that the oirein saif could be experienced ultimately, could be seen, could be experienced, it could be, as he says, gilui pnimiyaz v'atzmosayur itself, not only chitzayniyazayur, but Pnimiyasar, Atzmiyasar, within the world, within the Kalim of the world. That means that in the ultimate scheme of things, there could be complete unity, complete integration between heaven and earth, complete integration between God and man. It's not only I connect to God by negating myself, by leaving myself, by going out of Koichus, by going out of Sphiris, because ultimately the Metzius of a person will contradict Einsaif. You can't have it both ways. So maybe this is all we have now, but it's a compromise. But Metzius is ultimately, ultimately, let's say not evil, but pretty lousy, <laughs> pretty stinky thing. That's, that's, that's one way. And, and again, like I always say, and there's a truth to it. It's not like, you have to understand this. In order to get to Tzimtzum Shaloi Kipshuta, you have to understand Tzimtzum Kipshuta also. If not, you have Stam Tzimtzum. <laughs> you have to understand it, right? You have to understand the two, the two sides. Like Beishamai always, Beishili would always say first the shit of Beishamai. Because you can't understand Beishili if you don't understand Beishamai. But in the ultimate scheme of things, there could be full Achdos. Full integration. The person within his or her mitzias, 
identity, koiches, and individuality can be completely aligned with the truth of Ein Saif. Ultimately, there doesn't have to be this association. Ultimately, you don't have to amputate any part of the world or any part of the self. Ultimately, there's no part of the I, the real I, the panemius of the I, that has to die in order for a real relationship. Ultimately, there's no part of the day or the night that has to be rejected. Ultimately, there's no part of your life or your involvements or your experiences or your relationships that has to be cut out. Ultimately, all of it, completely, holistically, is integrated. Ultimately, that's the truth of Einoid Mulvadei that the Baal Shem Tov taught. Einoid Mulvadei is a posik in Chumash, but what does it mean, Right? Some those who say they also say Einoid Mulvade. What does Einoid Mulvade mean? Here we have Einoid Mulvade in its radical sense. Einoid Mulvade means that even that which is the furthest away, apparently, it's the epitome of finiteness, the epitome of, of definition, the epitome of identity, the epitome of gvul, the epitome of, of self, of ego, of Matthias. It's so far away from the original idea of the teacher, but really. Really, it's a marshal. It's a marshal for an imshal. It's a marshal for the insaif. So this is all in the world of Ayr. All in the world of Ayr. Some of the ramifications of the shittas. In terms of, uh, in terms of the, the ramifications of the first question, atzmos, not atzmos, that's a different sugya. It's not so different, but it's, it's a different discussion. It would be interesting to explore how... Plays out like life situations, you know, decision making, relationships. This expresses itself in everything. Yeah, like decision making, therapy, healing, psychology, emotions, the body, the soul, individuality, identity, marriage, the relationship, the relationship between the world and Torah, the relationship between money and Torah, the relationship with success. Bechlal, how you deal with the whole physical world? What eating, drinking, intimacy, sleeping, the whole, the whole, the whole. Interesting, uh, the Gemara and Sukkah. You could be without an applause. It's it's fine. Uh-huh. I have a therapist for that. Don't worry. <laughs> I can also applaud myself. I told you, I can applaud myself also. I told you, know what the Maggid said? Huh? The cover that other people give you should be as precious as the cover you give yourself. I don't mind the applause. I like it. I'm just saying it's, 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 it's not, it's not, it's not mukhrach. But, uh, what did I, ah, there's a Gemara in Sukkah, the Gemara in Sukkah, Amrib Yishob ben Chananya, that uh, during the days of Simchas Beis HaSheva, during the, <laughs> I like the quote, the Gemara Sukkah. Let me look it up. Oh, there's a Gemara Sukkah. From all the Gemaras, usually the one you're looking for is never here, even if there's a whole shas. The one you're looking for. Sometimes when symptoms should like Kapshutai, miracles happen, right? The Gemara says in Masech Sukkah, Dafnun Gimel Amar Aleph, Tanya, Amar Rabbi Yeshua Ben Chananya, Kshayinu Smeichim Simchas Beis Hashem, Loirainu Shina Beinenu. During Simchas Beis Hasheva, we never we did not see sleep with our eyes. We didn't sleep. Ketzat, 
the first hour, let's say sunrise is 6 o'clock, right? Just for our, for simplicity. The first hour, Tamit Shal Shachar. We went to the base. I make this remark of the carbon Tamit. Rabbi Shumachanani was also one of the Leviim. He would sing. Okay? Misham, from there, 7 o'clock in the morning, Litfila, you went to David. From Tamit Shal Shachar, you went to David. 6.37, whatever it was. Misham, from there, Lekarbon Musaf. The carbon Musaf, it's Sukkis. You got to go up to the carbon. They went back to the base. Misham, from there, Okay, now it's uh, Chveis, 8, 9, Litvila Samusafin. You went to Davin Musaf. This is already by Yusheni, Davini Musaf. Misham, Lubeis Hamedrish. So after Tomat Shul they danced the whole night, of course. Then it's Tomat Shul Then is Davening, Shachrus. Then back to Karpen Musaf. Then back to Musaf. Now you have to go sit and learn. This is a Tanoyim, Rabbi Shobachananya. There was no monkey. They didn't go to Six Flags of Chalamoyed for whatever reason. Take bananas and oranges and hard-boiled eggs to uh, to Six Flags and to Ringling Brothers. They went to learn. Misham from there, We went to eat and drink. Misham l'tfilus mincha to daven mincha. Misham l'tamut shabein arbayim. Misham mikan ve'elich l'simchas beis hashem. And then the rest of the night simchas beis hashem. So when was the time to sleep? When was the time to sleep? So once at a sukkah's fabrengin, the Lubavitcher Rebbe spoke about this gemara. He said psapella. He goes everything, and the suddenly he hacks a misham la From there, he has as it. Simchas beis hashev is a mitzvah, a big mitzvah. Tomat shalshacha mitzvah minatayra. Tefill is a mitzvah de rabbanon or minatayra. Karben musaf is a mitzvah minatayra. Musaf is also a mitzvah de rabbanon, right? Beis medrash is a mitzvah minatayra to learn. Yeah, mincha, carbon tamid, and suddenly in the middle misham la in the same in the same order. So he said, because there's different hashkafas of how you look at eating and drinking. Some people look at eating and drinking as... Oh, oh, oh. How do you look at Achil One person could look at Achil as... Uh, we're talking, about a, we're talking about a holy Jew. Achil like Nebach. I have to do it, I have to do it. So you do it, you know, keilu with, with with with. There's a certain sense of depression. There's a certain sense of of, of dejection, and it, it's a whole mahalach in life. You'll see also, and this is uh, this is very deep. I'm not going to be ma'irich. You have to use your imagination a little bit. Over the centuries, there've been two ashkafas of how to live. Some people, and I'm talking about good people, don't want holy people. In in shita, how it translates today is a different question. I'm not getting into. I'm not giving now sociological commentary. Everybody could do that on their own. But there's a perspective of those who feel that the more Jewish you are, in many ways, the more sad you are. You know what I mean? A little, I, don't, I didn't want to use the word depressed. Maybe that's how it comes out by many people today. But the more sad, it's like almost, like joy is already a shtick clipper. Somebody who's happy is like, what are you taking? What is he taking? Well, what is he doing? It's not a Yiddish azach. Yir Shemaya means... You're, you're, there's, like, there's a certain anger there's a certain sadness oh, and we understand why you could lose your Elam Haba any second it's oil Malcha Shemayim you open your mouth the wrong way you, you, you know where you can end up? I laughed yeah and, and and for him, any moment there's a big oil on me. It's not this is this is, this is a serious world. You, you can end up in pits and ditches. There's a big there's a big yo. 
And perhaps if you messed up, there's a seriousness. I'm not talking about now the way it could translate today is also in 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 in, in neurosis, which is why which is why you see today that Klal Yisrael is yearning for Teres Abal because if you're not really connected with the source, you could become neurotic, OCD. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the mucker in, in, in a holier place, in a healthier place. It's a certain, the world is a bad place. So even if you're happy, because you have to be happy, but you have to be happy. Shittas Abal Shemtev was the exact opposite. Ayid is besimcha. The way to live is to be happy, always happy, always happy. Not fake, because he's drinking, because he's... An essential happiness, a certain gutmutikait, a joy in life, a certain simcha. Why? Because everything is integrated. Because everything is part of it. You're not in a bad place. You're in a good place. You're in a beautiful place. You have to reveal the beauty, emes. There's weeds. A garden can have weeds and thorns. And you have to weed it out. But it's a beautiful garden. It's a beautiful place. Enoid Malvada. Kirvis Mamish. Why are you so depressed? Adarabe. If you're depressed, it means you're not associated with God. On the other hand, if you hold Simpson Kipshutai, he sent you in a pretty lousy place. Uh, let's get it over with. <laughs> so you have those who look at Achiloshia. I tolerate it, but it's ultimately a Yuridah, it's a Nefila. If I can avoid it, it's the best thing. You have the other extreme, which is the other extreme practically, but not philosophically, that says, In Besmedrush, I'm holy. When I eat and I drink, I'm a behemoth. In, in shul, I'll scream, but in the business world, I'll backstab whoever I have to. It's really the same shit that Simpson Kipshuta. But Mela in the shul, yeah, over there it's ain't safe. But in the real world, the first shit and this shit are opposites, but they're not really opposites. <laughs> the first shit escapes to heaven, and the second shit runs into the earth. <laughs> but the two don't work together. So in the first year, you look at Achilosh Siyah, Nebuch, that's a Bahamas. The second shit, Ich bin Yen Bahamas. Ich, that's who I am. The third shit is already more benign and says, no, Hashem sent you to eat and drink. And that's why there's halachas of Achilosh Siyah too. The Chiddush of, of Simchas Besasheva, he said, Simcha Peiritz Geder. That simcha breaks all the boundaries of tzimtzum. That achila and siya and the carbon tamid have the same gather. I this is an oila, this is a carbon oila, and this is a meal, a lunch. They're not going to achila, zachasen apidin aben That was the chiddush of simcha is beisasheva. Simcha paid its gather. Rabbi Shmuel Mechanani said what simcha is beisasheva accomplished. That misham lachilu siya as a Tucked in between Tomid Musav Besmedrish Mincha, this is Achilur Si. It's a Zelbegeder. How can it be the Zelbegeder? Because it's really all one. Yeah, but it's in a sukkah, though. They ate in a sukkah. Of course they ate in a sukkah. So then he was surrounded by it. Okay, in a Chami, but it doesn't mention the Nakud of sukkah. He doesn't mention the Nakud. Of course they ate in a sukkah. No, they didn't eat in the Besamikdash. They wouldn't eat in the Besamikdash. He wasn't a Kayan eating Karbanas. He wasn't. The question is, it says that he didn't sleep. That means he didn't sleep in a sukkah. <laughs> That's the question. It says he didn't sleep. So the Gemara says, how could you not sleep? So it says that they, 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 when they were dancing, they fell asleep on the shoulders. But they weren't dancing in a sukkah. Okay, that's a separate shit that the Tashbut speaks about it. 
the, the question of sleeping in the sukkah. But that's a separate sugya. But the hidden akuda is misham lachil And the reason he could do this is, says, because he wasn't sleeping. What sleep? When a person sleeps, what happens? A person sleeps, the head and the feet are on one level. A person sits or stands, the head is on a different level. The head could look up. When you're sleeping, you're flat. Like a behemoth, the head and the rest of the body are on one level. When we sleep, there wasn't a consciousness of sleep. A person could be able to look up. But Mela, when you could see that, then and the Karbantamad is one thing, it's one Akuda. Okay. Stoifus. Uh, it was worth to wait, Zesto. It was worth to wait. <laughs> But the Gemara says that from his table, he had the best food. The pshat is, of course, that it wasn't for, it wasn't it wasn't self centered. This doesn't your shema. It doesn't mean you're not worried. You're worried, but it's with a simcha. There's there's a there's a there's a, a uh, the, We have a chashuva participant in our shir. I said once at a shir that a yid has to be besimcha. So you, somebody wanted to know what's my source because he grew up saying that you're not allowed to, He grew up knowing that you're not allowed to be besimcha. He wanted to know what my source is. You remember? So I opened up a Rambam Hilchis Lulav. The Rambam says that uh, that the simcha person is besimcha is, is, is mitzvah gdoylehi, etc. The Rambam says the whole toichich is tachas hashaloy avadatos hashem alakech besimcha tov leivav. You did avoid it without simcha, but that itself could be a guilt trip. <laughs> now you have to be besimcha. That's not simcha when you make somebody guilty. Now I want you to smile. Then they're even less besimcha. Simcha has to come. Simcha is, is a pnimi is the kahergish. It's not how much you're smiling. It's where you stand and sim- Simcha is a vessel? Of course you can have an oil and be a simcha. Depends how you look at the oil. Depends how you look at the oil. Simcha is a vessel? Or the if I'm carrying... Di- oh, if I'm carrying priceless diamonds, I have an oil. And I don't want to lose it. I'm careful. But I'm very happy. But if I'm carrying a miserable oil, if I have a washing machine here and a washing machine here and a rack on my head, then it's very difficult. But even if I appreciate the oil, but nonetheless I feel like I'm in a very, just the self is a problem and the world is a problem. So there's just a certain sense of bitter kind, of, of miridus, of, of of annoyance, of frustration. Even a good person, it translates sometimes into neurosis. You have to be careful. Neurosis? They don't have neurosis in Hebrew. Shagas. Echamrim neurosis Huh? Neurosis means a person is an erotic, he's not. Uh, in other words, can you take Judaism seriously and be really besimcha? That's the question. Some of them don't take it so seriously, so they're besimcha from other things. So for many people, it's very hard to understand, to take Judaism very seriously. The more you take Judaism seriously, the more you're going to be.
But very many people have takeret. If you take it really, if you don't take it so seriously, fine. You know, mincha mitev, you get it over with next. Now I'm free. Especially if you do plag, you finish it off fast, and you have a whole night. Winter months, I'm a chayyah. When is plag today? Huh? Except the davosish can plag. Ayid told me, he says he does plag, it's like 3.30, yeah? 3.15, 3.30, he finishes might of 3.30, till tomorrow morning he's garnished. <laughs> 18 hours without religion is slecht. <laughs> he was so excited. He won't miss, he won't miss a minion. Look, eighteen hours without a No, it depends how he looks at religion. If it's I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's an institution, then it's, uh, it's not bad. But I'm, so that's another one. But I'm talking about the Jew who takes attacker very serious. So there's, there's a certain Edenskite. The word is not Edenskite. Edenskite is a good thing. Edenskite is a positive thing. Edenskite means you're a sincere person. But it's a certain like um, a despondency, a certain despondency. Like you feel ultimately there's something negative, very negative. It's a negativity. Your Moshe Feinstein once said, somebody asked of Moshe, why is it that the Lower East Side where he lived, Kehillah flourishing, in the beginning, in the 30s and the 40s. And then later, uh, so he said that all the children, they grew up in the houses, and the fathers would always say, ah, so shvetz is I naid. It's hard. <laughs> so he said, the kids said, what do I need a hard life? I don't need a hard life. I want a, I want a good life. So he said, they were good people. He said, so shvetz is I naid. He got fired every week. Uh... Yeah, I understand why. He wasn't... He wasn't blaming them. He was just explaining. If he didn't come to work for Shabbos, there was no work Sunday or Monday either. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.